Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Thanks, Hayes. Thanks, Mardo. The run home happens again tomorrow between 3 and 5. You can join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. And I'm going to throw something out very shortly that I want you to maybe answer for me. So stand by. 0487 736 736 is the number. Well, the World Cup is underway and we had the first match last night with the host nation, Qatar, losing to Ecuador by two goals to nil. And, of course, uh, all the English fans will be out in force, not only in the Middle Eastern nation, but also uh, around various uh, pubs and clubs, you'd say, uh, around Perth. In fact, uh, later uh, in the evening, about 8 o'clock tonight, I'll be heading to the Woodvale Tavern and there will be a big gathering of English supporters there to see the match between England and Iran. There will be a panel show there. And one of our guests on the panel, it'll be about 8.15 this evening. So if you're up in that vicinity, pop in and say hi. will be Peter With, of course, the Aston Villa champion who scored Aston Villa's most important goal in their history. So we'll be having a panel show tonight. Come and join us. Uh, Richard Garcia will be there, the former Socceroo who played in the 2010 Socceroos uh, World Cup campaign in South Africa. And as we know, has also had a very, very good playing career, played in the EPL with Hull City and uh, came back to Perth and uh, was in charge of the Perth glory. Now, what I like about the World Cup is the fact that you meet a lot of people. I've had the real fortunate situation of actually working on a couple of World Cups uh, in past. And there was a chance I was going to go to Qatar as well, but it didn't eventuate. So I'll be broadcasting a lot of the matches uh, from the SEN studios around the network. In fact, I'll be back here tonight to bring you the game between Senegal and the Netherlands that kicks off at midnight and our preview from 11.30. Now, as I said, everybody around the world resonates regarding the World Cup. And there's been a lot of criticism about the venue. The venue is the venue. It's more important what happens on the pitch. But the people that you meet is unbelievable. Uh, you know, movie stars, uh, athletes, just everybody gravitates to get a sample of the event. And my greatest honour, actually, in covering the World Cup, it was in Italy in 1990, I met this person. <laughs> What's the name of the movie, fellas? And maybe I'll throw that out. But there was a female. The Millionaires was the name of the movie. Now, if you can tell me on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736, this person, you heard a voice there saying, get out. There was a bit of a uh, accent. One of the great actors of all time. And I had the pleasure of interviewing and meeting this individual 
at the 1990 World Cup in Italy. Who do you think it was? 0487 736 736. In the meantime, we're going to go to Qatar. It's underway, the World Cup. I'm envious because this gentleman is there. I know him very well in his days here as the chief executive of the Perth Glory. He's over there in Doha. He's now the head of marketing, communications and corporate affairs at Football Australia and also a board member of Vic Sport. Uh, he's been involved in sport a long, long time and now a very, very significant figure in the Football Federation of Australia. We're about to speak to Peter Philopoulos. Uh, later in the program, we're speaking to Alex Aparkas, who's the Perth Glory women's coach and, of course, the host of Sports Day WA's Peter Vlahos. So it's all Greek to me. Yasso Peter, how are you? I am very well. How are you, Peter? I just thought I'd play a bit of Zorba the Greek because we've got a very Greek show tonight here on Sports Day uh, WA. Uh, lovely to talk to you uh, over there in Doha in Qatar. Very envious, Pete. Uh, you've been there a few days. Tell us about it all and uh, how it's all shaping up for what promises to be a very exciting next 24 hours when the Socceroos play their first match. You know, very exciting, Peter, and great to be talking to you. Um, yeah, everything's uh, very well organised here, from our perspective anyway. Uh, I've, I've been down to Aspire Academy, where the team is based. Uh, it's a first-class facility and a, and a first-class setup. Everyone seems to be very very relaxed in camp. They've been uh, working very hard in, in preparation for the group, the first group stage game on... Uh, on, on uh, Tuesday night or your Wednesday morning. So everyone's very excited, Peter. Yeah, and I know there's a, a real sense of enthusiasm and expectations for the Socceroos. But tell us about the whole precinct. As we know, it's in Doha and the stadiums aren't too far apart. In fact, uh, there's three games being played today, your time. Tell us about the way it's structured in relation to transportation and maybe the amount of people that have come into the country from all parts of the world. Yeah, no, definitely. You can you can see uh, there's a strong flavour of uh, uh, tourism, um, and there's a lot of fan zones and fan activations uh, around the city to give people plenty to do, which has got World Cup flavour. Um, and uh, you know they've got a pretty good transport system with a brand new metro. Um, there's a lot of brand new uh, transport vehicles, uh, metro system. So it, it is relatively easy to get around. What about, I know the Fanatics are up there. I know that Stan Lazaridis and Daniel Garb are involved with the Fanatics. Is there many yellow and green up there, golden green, uh, to support the Socceroos in their first match against the French? No, there's definitely, they're expecting 10,000 Australians here. Um, you know, 2,000 who are or, or expats living in Qatar and there's another 8,000 travelling from all over the world, including Australia. So they're expecting about 10,000 fans to be supporting Australia in stadium, which is pretty exciting. That is a massive number. That surprises me, actually, Peter. So 10,000 Aussies will be there and probably present 
for their opening match. What about the accessibility to tickets for those people um, that are there in Doha? Certainly for the group games, I suppose it wouldn't be too difficult to get yeah. a ticket. Well, they would have got those tickets months and months ago when, when the portal opened, uh, which would have given them access to, to... You can't really come into Qatar without having a ticket. So you've got to have your higher card and you've got to demonstrate you've got a ticket to come here. So you can't really come into the country without having a ticket. England play Iran tonight, our time. Uh, a lot of English, a lot of Union Jacks around the state streets of Doha. Yes, uh, you're seeing all sorts of uh, uh, different cultures and countries around. I haven't seen too many English yet, but I'm sure we'll know how many of them are around uh, later on today. I gather you've been to previous World Cups, Peter, in your role and your certainly significant involvement in football over the years in Australia. Yes, indeed. So how does this one compare to the ones that certainly I went, I've been to Italy and I went to Germany and those sort of World Cups. How do you think this compares from the all-round package? Because there's been different reports filtering down to Australia that it's a bit different. Look, I think whenever you take a a World Cup to different nations, um, you know, they're all going to be unique and they're all going to be different. And this is the first ever World Cup in the Middle East. Um, and definitely there's a, a lot of brand new infrastructure in Qatar. They've gone virtually from zero infrastructure 10 years ago to, you know, a very built up city today in preparation for the World Cup. It is very different in, in, in terms of you're just in a different city, in a Middle Eastern city. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of similarities as well. Saying that, uh, I gather a lot of dignitaries there from FIFA and Football Australia. Tell us some of the people, certainly from your organisation, that have ventured up there to certainly show their support and be representative of the Football Federation of Australia ahead of the Socceroos yeah. game against France. Well, right, right at the moment, I'm talking to you from the Australian Embassy, which is which is great, and they've been very supportive of us. We're we're, we're expecting Anika Wells in town in the next 24 hours. She'll be joining us, uh, you know, um, tonight, uh, and also at the game. Um, and, and and she's a federal minister for sport, so that's very ex- exciting. We've had contact with um, uh, the Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister Albanese, who's very supportive of what we're doing here as well. So. There's a lot of uh, VIPs. We've got our, our, our CEO, James Johnson, obviously, a lot of our members from member federations, uh, from A-League clubs. There's a, there is a big contingent of VIPs that we've brought with us from Australia. Martin Boyle, as we know, unfortunately, who plays in the Scottish Premier League, is out of the club due to injury. But what is the talk amongst the Australians, uh, Peter, and people in the FFA? You know, could maybe Australia be one of the surprise packets? After what happened against Peru, uh, we don't discount anything. And I think this is, uh, you know, when I know Martin Boyle's a big exit, but France has got a lot of injury problems as well. You know, we're, we're a team that, um, you know, want to bring the Australian DNA uh, into the game, as Ar- Graham Arnold said uh, overnight in the, in the press. And, you know, we, we, uh, we're going to put our best foot forward and we're going to fight. And we're going to try and uh, get the best possible outcome. We've got three very tough group games. But nothing's out of the question if we put our best foot forward and, and play the game that we know we can play. And, of course, we've got a couple of youngsters like Tilio and Cole who have got an opportunity to rewrite history. If uh, Garan Cole comes on 
uh, tomorrow off the bench and, and, and scores a goal. Um, he, he'll, he, that could be the youngest player to score a goal since Pelé in the 60s. So, you know, there's, a, there's an opportunity there for a young Grand Cole. If he does get the opportunity to come, you know, to, to start or come off the bench and even score, you know, he may be able to write a history as an 18-year-old. So anything could happen. Um, and I think we've had the best preparation coming into this game. The Australian team has got everything they want. A spy academy where we are is a first-class facility. Uh, they've got everything there, including a barista in, in, in camp, um, you know, which has been a, a very welcome addition to the camp. They've got the best coaching staff, support staff around in, in, in what I've described, probably the most world-class facility I've ever come across. So mm. everything is in readiness and anything can happen, Peter. Yeah, no, I'm looking, looking forward to it. I'll be broadcasting, in, in fact, around the SEN network, the uh, Senegal versus Netherlands match tonight, which I'm looking forward to because, as we know, Netherlands missed out in the last World Cup. Senegal, even though they've lost Mane, are, are regarded as possibly one of the African nations yeah. that could go deep in the tournament. I think it's going to be a tournament of surprises, Peter. Let's hope so for us. And uh, I think, you know, after what ex- we, we experienced against Peru, um, anyone that underestimates the Australian team will do so at their own peril so, uh, because we're not a team that we can, you know, you can easily overcome because they, we are have got the Australian spirit. We're, we're fighters. We've got some great players in that squad. So anyone who does take us for granted will, will you know, will be out there peril because yeah. as Peru discovered in June. Uh, of course, uh, Peter, a bit of a blessing and maybe it is a, a show that maybe the cards are starting to fall Australia's way with Kareem Benzema, of course, ruled out of the 2022 FIFA Men's World Cup, one of the star players and one of the star French players that could have caused uh, Australia a bit of anxiety in the match. As I leave you, I know a lot has been said uh, about the alcohol consumption. I know you're at the Australian Embassy where you could probably uh, enjoy a cold beer. And we need to respect, of course, cultures around the world. And that's the culture and the religious cultures, of course, in the Middle East with Qatar. Mm. Um, Your thoughts on it all and how the fans maybe will adapt to what is certainly from their point of view, a bit of a different World Cup from that point of view. Yeah, look, I mean, it's hard to, to, to comment. You know, obviously, when you're in Rome, you you, you, you behave like the Romans. Um, that's the rule at play that FIFA is, is instituted. There's plenty of opportunities around Doha. If you want to find a, a venue to, to, you know, have a couple of beverages, you can do that. It's just something people have got to uh, become accustomed to that you might not be able to, you're not, not going to be able to do it in venue. But I don't think it's really anything uh, out of um, yeah, outrageous. Uh, someone, you know, goes without having an, an alcoholic beverage for, for three hours, they'll have plenty of opportunities to do so in and around games anyway. Good on you, Peter. Well, you're doing a great job. Head of Marketing, Communications and Corporate Affairs at Football Australia, and you must be enjoying the position, and I gather it's a significant role that you play in football in this country. Yeah, no, it's been great, uh, Peter, and I, I do really enjoy this uh, period of excitement. We've got this World Cup, and of course, we've got the Women's World Cup on our home shores in July and August for the Matildas. Uh, it's probably the most exciting time for Australian football in terms of the opportunities before us. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work with a, a two very strong brands in the Matildas and the Socceroos. Something I can tell you, the Matildas are not far away from taking over the Wallabies as, as Australia's most um, fourth most popular 
um, team. They're currently fifth most popular team. They're not far away from taking over the Wallabies. So as we approach uh, the Women's World Cup, I think we will overtake the Wallabies as the fourth most popular wow. team. And the Socceroos are obviously the second most popular team uh, just behind the, the, the Australian cricket team, and, and we're closing that gap very quickly as yeah, well. I, so I reckon if these... Very, I'm very fortunate to be able to work on it. Yeah. I tell you, if the Socceroos do well in the World Cup, they'll probably overtake the Australian cricket team, who are a bit on the nose uh, at the moment regarding what's transpired here, particularly on the West Coast with what happened to Justin Langer and, of course, Pat Cummings with, with his involvement in the corporate affairs of Alinta Energy. They're a bit on the nose, let me tell you, and they didn't pull in great attendances in the recent T20 World Cup. Yeah. Peter, lovely to talk to you. I wish I could be of there course. sharing it with you, Thank but you. it wasn't to be, and uh, I'll have to just broadcast all the games from the SENWA studios. Enjoy your time there, mate, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you very much, Peter. Nice talking to you. Good on you. Peter Philopoulos, the former Perth Glory CEO and now the head of marketing communications and corporate affairs at Football Australia. Interesting, isn't it? The Matildas will overtake as a brand the Wallabies to go into fourth position. The soccer is a second. The Australian cricket team are third. Uh, are first. I'm wondering who's third. Who would be third? Uh, give us your thoughts. Uh, wherever you may be listening, Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736, 0487 736 736. Wherever you may be listening on 657 SEN, uh, also in Spirit, uh, SEN Spirit 621 in Bummery in the southwest. In the goldfields at SEN 1611, SEN Peel on DAB Radio and on the SENWA app on uh, the SEN app. SENWA. Now, we'll play that lady again. This is the lady that I met at the 1990 FIFA World Cup in Rome. Now, well done, John. You got it right. And a few others got it right as well. Let's play her again. No, we haven't got her again. Jimmy's just holding his hand up. Sophia Loren. Sophia Loren, some 32 years ago. I think she's in the 80s. And uh, when I was interviewing face-to-face, I was working for SBS television then, she was in her 50s. And she was the envy, let me tell you, of many uh, middle-aged men around the world. All right, uh, great to speak to Peter Philopoulos. Come and join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text uh, machine. Roy of Templestone says, regarding the game tonight, it's England versus Iran, 9 o'clock our time. Uh, Again, broadcast on the SEN network, we are broadcasting every single game in this tournament. Pete, with my Persian background, didn't know you had a Persian background, Roy. I think tonight's score will be 3-1 and England wins. So there you go. Gee, that's a big uh, roar. That's the Barmy Army in uh, Doha in Qatar. All right, as we go to the break, here's a bit more of Sophia, and we're back with more after this here on Sports Day WA. Father fixation upon a man who must have been, without any doubt at all, the most appalling bore who ever plagued humanity. I'm sorry to spoil your illusions, but I'm afraid it's necessary. Adrian? Yes? Come here, Adrian. Come here, Adrian. Beautifully done, very seductively by Sophia Loren. 19 past five here on Sports Day. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. For Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle.
Alex Apakis will come up a, a bit later on. He's a Perth Glory women's coach. Uh, they started their season on the weekend, and I reckon they're in for a good campaign. They drew 2-2 with Canberra United, a team they've never beaten in Canberra in their time in the uh, national competitions. Alex is going to join us a little bit later on. Just recapping what's happened so far in the FIFA World Cup. Always great to hear Martin Tyler. Of course, he was there calling the match last night for the host broadcaster, Ecuador defeating Qatar, the host nation, by two goals to nil. They passed the test of the opening game as well. Ecuador, excellent. Ecuador, emphatic. Qatar, unwanted place in the record books. First host nation to lose its opening game in the World Cup finals. But they've been well beaten. Enna Valencia was the man who did almost all the damage, winning the penalty score from heading in the second. I said when I saw them train yesterday, they were full of exuberance. They brought that to the match as well, and so have their fans. But it's a different mood here in Qatar for the home support and the home players. The opening game has finished. Qatar nil, Ecuador two. Martin Tyler, certainly one of the best when it comes to broadcasting. Uh, he's just outstanding. He really is. And uh, the other thing is that Graham Arnold is getting ready, his troops ready, as you heard from Peter Philopoulos, the head of marketing, communications and corporate affairs at Football Australia for the big one that will be played at 3 o'clock our time on Wednesday morning. And we'll have a full preview to that match tomorrow night, but he conducted a press conference earlier today, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, look, it's uh, hugely devastating for, for Martin and uh, for even the boys, because Boyle is such an energetic guy, and you know he's always great to have around the dressing room, but also uh, what he's done through this journey with us. You know, he's been uh, probably one of our best players right through the whole journey, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it is what it is. He's accepted it, and the medical staff has done everything possible to, to get him fit, but it hasn't worked out. And it gives someone else an opportunity, like Marco Tilio, who I had at the Olympics. Uh, funnily, funnily enough, it's sort of the same way. <clears throat> he was on standby at the Olympics. He came in and then, uh, he went in the first game and scored against Argentina. So, you know, he's got the same thing again this time. So there you go, Graham Arnold. Uh, let's just update some sport here for tyre power. Buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local tyre power. Novak Djokovic uh, says winning a record equaling sixth ATP Tour Finals title last night was a deeply satisfying ending to his troubled and uh, truncated year. The Serb beat Norwegian Kaspar Ruud 7-5-6-3 in Turin to match Roger Federer's record of six titles in the year-ending tournament for the top-ranked players. Now, the 35-year-old Serb, he's 35, amazing. Uh, the oldest player to win the finals ended in style after a season in which he missed two majors because of his vaccine status. Interesting now to cricket, where Cricket Australia has ratified a change to its code of conduct for players and player support personnel, opening the door for David Warner to have his lifetime leadership ban overturned. Now, the New South Welshman was banned from all captaincy positions following the infamous Cape Town sandpaper incident in 2018. Now, last month, the Cricket Australia Board requested an amendment to the organisation's code of conduct that would allow players and support staff to request for the modification of long-term san uh, sanctions. And this morning, CA confirmed those changes had been accepted and given formal approval following a review by Head of Integrity Jackie Partridge. But the big question is, 
Would he make a good captain or a leader? I don't reckon he would. I really don't reckon he would. But anyway, I'll tell you who took the reins because it's surprising that Pat Cummings actually decided to be rested for the second ODI match against England on the weekend. And all of a sudden, the newly appointed ODI leader, Pat Cummings, sits out of the England clash and upsets Josh Hazelwood, who was chosen ahead of the likes of Tess Vice-Captain Steve Smith and even Alex Carey, who had captained uh, the one-day team before. This is what Josh Hazelwood had to say. Um, I think with the white ball stuff, I've been you know in and around the, the strategy meetings, the leadership groups for a number of years now. And um, I guess with, with Paddy sitting out this game and having a rest, then it was a good opportunity to get, get a game under my belt. And um, obviously, if Paddy plays the next game, then pass it back. So um, there's that wider leadership group there for the white ball stuff. And... You know, it makes sense when you're playing those games on the back end of test match series and, you know, guys are playing two out of three or, or three out of five or whatever it is. Um, it gives that, makes that, or sorry, gives that depth that we have amongst that leadership group and gives everyone a taste of it. And um, I think that's a good thing moving forward. Do you think that if Pat misses further matches over the next year, which could happen being fast bowler, that, you know, you would, if you're available, you'd be the first choice to come in? Um, I think at this stage probably yes. It's it's hard to say that as well. Like I'm, I'm a fast bowler as well, and and I'm probably missing games here and there as well. So um, we've obviously got Smithy who was vice captain tonight, and um, you know down the chain there's another couple in the leadership group. So there's plenty of options there. And I felt even out in the middle, it was you know the number of senior players I can talk to and get their opinions. And um, yeah, it feels like a a team. You know, all on the one page, moving in the one direction. Okay, and as we go to the break uh, for tyre power, buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local tyre power. Uh, Brooklyn's net star, Kyrie Irving, says he wants to apologise deeply for social media links to a film with anti-Semitic ideas. Uh, the NBA guard declaring, I'm not anti-Semitic. Uh, he did an exclusive interview, actually, with Sportsnet New York and said this. With all that being said, I just want to uh, offer my uh, deep apologies to all those who are impacted uh, over these last few weeks, um, specifically my uh, Jewish relatives, my black relatives, um, you know, all races and cultures. I feel like we all felt the impact, and I don't stand for anything uh, close to hate speech or anti-Semitism or anything that is anti-going against the human race. <clears throat> I feel like we all should have an opportunity to speak for ourselves uh, when things are assumed about us. And uh, I feel it was it was necessary for me to stand in this place and take accountability for my actions um, because there, there was a way I should have handled all this. Um, you know, and as I look back and reflect, uh, when I have, when I had the opportunity to uh, offer my deep regrets to um, you know, anyone that felt threatened or felt hurt uh, by what I posted, um, you know, that wasn't my intent at all. I meant no harm to any person, any group of people. Um, and yeah, this is a big moment for me because I'm able to learn uh, throughout this process that the power of my voice is, is very strong. The influence that I have within my community is very strong. And I want to be responsible for that. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. 
for Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Yeah, great to have your company. Interesting, we've had a, a bit of uh, interest uh, after Peter Philopoulos mentioned regarding the uh, the appeal, the corporate popularity and the general popularity of our national teams. The Australian cricket team sits at one, the Socceroos at two. He said the Matildas will overtake now in the latest uh, rankings. The Wallabies will go to four, the Matildas. The Wallabies are at five. So who do you think is at number three? Come on, we'll do it in the next two or three minutes. Just a quick snap poll here. Who do you think would be branded as the number three national team? Okay, get on the temperate bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Who's been busy on the temperate bedshed text machine? He's good old lease at Allenbrook. Hi, Peter. FIFA president's opening speech was the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. England will win, by the way, tonight 2-1. Yes, Gianni Infantino. Extraordinary tirade against Western critics of the controversial tournament in Qatar said this. Today, I have uh, very strong feelings. I can tell you that. Today, I feel uh, Qatari. Today, I feel Arab. Today, I feel African. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. Today I feel uh, a migrant worker. I'm European. Actually, I am European. Not just I feel European. I think for what we Europeans have been doing in the last 3,000 years, around the world. We should be apologising for the next 3,000 years. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? And the football world has collectively condemned the bizarre comments made by the FIFA president, uh, Yanni Infantino, in his press conference. Uh, and uh, as Lisa pointed out, it was certainly very bizarre indeed. Uh, of course, linking criticism of Qatar's treatment of migrant workers to his own experiences as the son of Italian migrants or immigrants to Switzerland. Anyway, uh, as I said, he's been panned for that. Uh, by the way, the Perth Wildcats are returning back to form, aren't they? A great performance against the South East Melbourne Phoenix at the weekend. They play again Thursday night. So we'll uh, certainly look at that uh, leading up uh, to that match on Thursday night. Get behind the Perth Wildcats uh, this season, by the way. Head to ticket ticketed.com.au. Okay. Or is that Ticket Tech, Jimmy? It is ticketech.com.au, just on my uh, running sheet here. All right. Uh, after the break, we're going to uh, speak to a gentleman who's doing some great things. He's in his third season as coach of the Perth Glory women's side. In his first season, they only collected one point, only got one draw for the whole season. In their second season, they just missed out on the finals, on goal difference. It was a huge turnaround, and considering they were impacted by COVID. Now in his third season, he's looking at getting the Perth Glory into the finals. We'll speak to Alex Aparkas next. He's the Perth Glory women's coach after their opening two-all draw against Canberra United at the weekend, and this Sunday they play at home.
Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Welcome back to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos on this Monday. And as we know, very much uh, international football is the theme with the World Cup. But there is some great uh, national football being played as well. Even though the A-League is currently in recess, of course, the uh, women's team for the Perth Glory actually got their season underway at the weekend. After a couple of years of COVID chaos and playing all their games away, and very rarely did we have the opportunity to cite them on this side of the country. Well, they will be returning for what is now seemingly a regular season, and they will be playing at Macedonia Park in Stirling in the first home game of the campaign on Sunday. But first, let's talk about their opening round fixture. And it was a real beauty, a two-all draw against Canberra United. And the Glory Girls came behind both times to take out their first point of the season. Let's uh, analyse that game and look ahead to this weekend with their coach in Alex Apakis. Alex, thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Must have been a thrilling game on the weekend against Canberra. Uh, look, it, it always is um, in the history of the competition. Going to Canberra for Perth Glory has never been uh, an easy task. Uh, we still haven't had that elusive win over there in the competition over the last 15 years, believe it or not. But the performance on the weekend and to come back from yeah from behind on, on two occasions over the course of 90 minutes was a satisfactory feeling. It ebbed and flowed, didn't it? So deep down inside, when you reflected on the two-all result, did you feel it was a fair result or did you feel that you could have actually snatched the three points? Uh, look, I think it was a... a it was a typical round one performance where there's going to be some, yeah, some rust, some cobwebs, some nerves um, from both teams and all the players involved. And I think there were certainly moments where we dominated and there was also moments where we just weren't sharp or as sharp as we'd like to be. I think over the course of the game, a, a two-all draw is, is a fair reflection. Um, but in saying that, you know, you always want to win your opening game to set up the season. But we've taken a lot of confidence away from the performance, knowing that there's just some really simple fixes and what's going to help us improve over the next couple of weeks. And what a special moment on debut for Gabriella Coleman. Ah, oh, she she worked very hard with and without the ball. I was really happy. The staff were really happy. She's um, yeah, she she's a real asset, and I think what we've just started to see is just a glimpse of what she can offer the team. She offers a. Yeah, a real power athletic game, and it's uh, it's something that we just definitely needed this season. And of course, the other goal came from a seasoned campaigner for your team in Liz Anton, which shows just what a valuable player she is. Oh, 100 percent. You know, before she came here three seasons ago, she was sort of playing lower tier football in New Zealand, and now she's got close to 15, 20 caps to her name for the New Zealand national team, and been to an Olympics, and hopefully a World Cup, and. The goal and the performance from her just showcases the um, the effort she's putting in to, to grow herself as a, as a player. Though a pretty noisy, noisy home crowd, I've been told. And I know that your keeper, who also was making her debut, because you worked very hard in the off-season to bring some new blood into the squad, uh, Sarah Langman had an outstanding match between the posts. She did. Uh, and... You know, she's an experienced goalkeeper who's got 50, 60 caps in the competition as well. She's been involved with national team camps and activity. Um, yeah, she, she did really well. She was, yeah, she was outstanding from minute one to minute 90. And again, really proud for moment for her to make her debut. And I, I'm, 
I'm glad she put a really good account of herself out there. Saying that, I mentioned there'd been uh, some players that have made their debut. It may take a week or two for them to gel, but give us a basis of the squad that you fielded on the weekend in relation to first-game players and experience campaigns, of course, led by your captain in Tash Rigby. Yeah, I think it was a balanced performance. I think at times, as you mentioned, ebbs and flows. I think all players had some really strong moments where they were able to showcase you know, what what it is we're trying to do as a team and the style of play that we want. And again, there was just some moments where it just lacked a little bit of intensity, but we're fully we're fully aware of and reflective of that post-game. Um, we're, we're under no illusion that that's where we can be. But if we sort of look back to where we were 12 months ago in the opening round, I think we're in a, in a much better place than then. And I, yeah, that's why I'm really excited about what's to come. So as a whole, I think it was the first round that we needed. It was the performance that we needed, and we're looking forward to the the big challenge this weekend as well. And it is a big challenge this weekend. Uh, There will be a lot of people there. It is local football. We've been devoid of it, certainly, at uh, the women's level with the Perth Glory. How excited is your squad about uh, turning out in front of the home crowd on Sunday? We're all excited, Peter. Even even myself on a personal level of... I've been here for, you know, this is my third season now and I haven't had the opportunity to really experience home fixtures. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to. And then obviously the playing group, they they thrive having the ability or the opportunity to play at home, uh, you know, have, have a big crowd behind us. We've played at Macedonia Park once last season before we uh, moved to Sydney. And that experience, I think, is something that I know for me and I know for the players will stay with us forever because... It was a great performance. It was a great result. It was thrilling until the end, and a lot of it was due to the effort of what the, the home support was able to give us and the atmosphere that they created. So, yeah, I, I just cannot wait. I genuinely cannot wait. Saying that, it's Adelaide United, a 4 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Uh, what about the squad? Any concerns, or are you likely maybe to go in with the similar starting at 11 that uh, pulled out that two-all draw against Canberra? Look, I think ultimately it's uh, yeah, Adelaide's a tough team. There's, there's there's parts of their game which are different to Canberra, so we have to look at that and see if we have to make any changes on our end to to capitalise on some of their play or, or vice versa, maybe to nullify some of their attack. But as a whole, we're in a really good place as a squad. Everyone in the team brings something different to the table in the way that we try to do things and. Yeah, we'll, we'll assess that as the week goes on and, and we'll see what we do. But regardless, whoever goes out there, well, they're, they're very clear on what they're doing and we've got the full belief in what they can do. Uh, and what about your track record against Adelaide? Yeah, I mean, we, we've had some tough contests um, in my time so far. I think the most, the most inspiring one for us was, was mid-season last season where... We, uh, we had a 1-0 lead and, and Susan Fong Song Cam was sent off 55th minute and we were able to hold that lead, a very resilient effort against a very strong Adelaide team who made the finals last year for the first time but we were able to get the result in that particular match. So knowing that we were able to, to beat them last time should definitely fill the players with a lot of confidence and it's, you know, it's, it's a different game but we've also got to draw on the fact that we know we can compete. What's it like playing in a normal season again after, of course, the last two years? Uh, the resilience shown by your squad, who only missed out on the finals uh, by goal difference last season, uh, just showed the resilience they've got 
are you confident that uh, what you learned and experienced, particularly last season, will hold you in good stead this campaign? Yeah, it has to. You don't go through some of the difficulties that we went through and, and not take anything from it. Myself and my staff, we grew from that experience. The players grew from that experience. And as a collective, we, um, we took a lot out of that. And we're very mindful of that journey. You know, we, we, we often reflect on that in difficult moments, whether it be in pre-season or, or even going into this season. We're going to lean on those experiences and refer back to them because what we did have to overcome was, was very difficult. You know, moving a team away last minute for three months, um, players moving, having to leave jobs and, and moving to another state and having to do school from a distance. It wasn't planned. But the way that the group sort of attacked that um, with such an opportunist, you know, mindset, it's it's unbelievable. And mm. as I said, I think that those experiences we're going to learn from and lean on this season. Fantastic. And I can sense it in your voice. You're very excited about the possibilities going forward with this Perth Glory squad that you're in charge of. Without a doubt, I've got a fantastic affinity with the group and with the club. And, you know, I, I really believe that, we're a special group for a number of reasons and we've got some special players um, involved. And, you know, I really hope that the greater football community, um, if they're available, can come down on, on Sunday and experience that firsthand because I think we play a fantastic, entertaining brand of football and I would love for everyone to come and experience it, yeah, as I said, firsthand themselves. Good stuff. Four o'clock kickoff at Macedonia Park there in Stirling. And uh, it should be a beauty against uh, Adelaide United. Thanks for joining us, uh, Alex. And we'll keep in touch during what promises to be a very exciting season for our Perth Glory women's side. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Thank you very much. Alex Apakis there, the uh, coach of the Perth Glory women's team. Gee, sounds upbeat, doesn't he? Uh, He was very happy with that first-round result, a two-all draw against Canberra United over there in the national capital. And they return home this Sunday. So if you can, get down there at 4 o'clock. All right, more World Cup news. Tomorrow, we will preview Australia's first match. They take on France, 3 o'clock Wednesday morning, our time, and we'll give you the full preview to that uh, blockbuster first group match for the Socceroos against the French on Sports Day tomorrow from 5 o'clock. And also, we'll be speaking to a gentleman. You may have heard of Nick Boliteri. Now, Nick Boliteri has a tennis academy in the United States of America that has shaped the careers of hundreds of tennis players over time. Unfortunately, Nick, at the age of 90, is not in the best of health. But there is a West Australian who spent seven years under Nick Boliteri, working with Boliteri and working with some of the great names in world tennis. I'm going to have a chat to that gentleman tomorrow on the program, so I'm looking forward to that. Have a great night. If you're up and about, uh, 11.30 this evening, I'll be back to broadcast the World Cup match with Richard Garcia, former Socceroo, uh, the match between Senegal and the Netherlands, broadcast on the SEN Network from 11.30 tonight. Look forward to your company for that, and I'll be back with Sports Day tomorrow from 5. Thanks to Jimmy and Lee, and have a great Monday night.
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.